Welcome to episode 6 of the Fantasy Hockey Bros Podcast. I'm Mike, and on the other end, as always, is Anthony. Yeah, how are you, buddy? I am great. I'm feeling good. I had a couple of nice little wins in my matchups this week, so I'm feeling good. How did you do? Um, not so good. My team isn't doing very well in... A few of my pools, but I'm not too worried about it. It's still early. Things are still coming into focus, so. I haven't been paying too much attention to your to your matchups now, now that we're not in the same division for a change. Yeah. Did you want to bring that up? Like, we, <laughs> okay, we're in a league together that we have, it's tiered, basically. So we do NHL, AHL, ECHL. You have to qualify for the... How, how, how am I saying this? Well, yeah, it's it's based on how you finish in the previous year. So we have 18 guys. If you finish in the top six, you're in Division One, seven to 12, Division Two, and so on. And it's the divisions are, uh, they, like, the top division will give you more money sort of thing. So it's, it's a fun league. And you're, for the first time, you're, we're not in Division One together. Yeah, so what the plan was is that I purposely, and people are going to think this was a joke, but I purposely tanked to get into Division 2. To get away from me, right? Well, because every year it's the same story. is that me and Anth are competing for the top place. And there's obviously more money to first place in Division 1 than there is to second place. And there's more money in first place Division 1 than there is to first place in Division 2. Right. But anyway, so I was my team was sort of just okay. It was like James Reimer, just okay. (laughs) (laughs) You tanked. So you tanked. Yeah. Well, I tanked to get... The whole plan was I'm going to tank to get out of Division 1. So I don't want to finish in the top 6. But I still want to finish in the top 8 so that I can still make playoffs. What happened? I finished 8th. I still won playoffs. So it worked out pretty well. I knew you'd somehow you'd turn that into a brag. It was a break. I per- I purposely tanked, and I finished eighth. I knew the number one seed wasn't that strong. Made it to eighth, beat him, and then I ran the table. Okay, you're still in Division Two. I am, I am, but I'm not worried about it. Okay, enough of that. Let's talk about the past week. Yes, let's get into the past week. Let's start off with our GT Radio Fantasy Player of the Nights. I'll run them off quickly, and we can touch on any of these guys you want to. Tarasenko, Eichel, Duclair, Dreisaitl, Olmark, and last night we had Roman Yossi. Yeah, Jack Eichel I'm going to touch on first. I am loving how he's looking so far. He had another two-goal, two-assist night, and the first one didn't end up as player of the night. This one did. I think he looks like he's going to put himself into that elite tier of players this year. What do you think? Yeah, I've always loved Eichel. I've always said Eichel will have maybe 100, but for sure over 90-point season. It's just a matter of when the Sabres are ready to take that next step. Yeah, And um, it looks like this is the year they're going to do that. So I fully expect Eichel to keep up this kind of production. He's, he's He looks amazing. Yep, Leon Dreisaitl keeps chugging along. Him and McDavid look unstoppable some games. And he got... What was it, Thursday's Fantasy Player of the Night? Yeah, looks another guy who's l- looking great. 
Yeah, Dreisaitl, it's funny. Like, he's never going to get the accolades that he deserves. Is that what I'm going with? But, yeah, because McDavid's with him. But Dreisaitl could be the second best player in the league. He he's could be. He's that good. No, he's that good, man. Yeah, he. oh, he's insanely good. I don't know if he'll ever get the credit for it because he's riding shotgun with McDavid. No, Dreisaitl's a beast. Let's get into Tarasenko. Tarasenko was fantasy player of the night earlier in the week, and then he got injured. The recent update on Tarasenko is that he's going to miss at least the next two games. He's already missed one of those. Um, then he's going to be reevaluated. So, whew, that's a tough break for Tarasenko owners because Tarasenko's been great lately. Yeah, he's looked very good. I think he had, yeah, I'm looking at it right now, five-game point streak heading into the game that he got injured. So, yeah, tough break there. And he's another guy who is looking like he's going to have a very good season. Owners are loving having him and everything he brings, the shots as well. Great guy to own. The thing is, what do you think Tarasenko's ceiling is? Because it's like, you, you think of him sort of as the guy on St. Louis, but like is he really? Like, yeah. He hasn't had... Yeah, when I ahead. say that he's a great guy to own, like he he's you don't want him to be the best player on your team. Right, I agree, yeah. because he's pretty much established himself as a thirty to forty goal guy. Uh, he's pretty durable, so he's going to play almost the whole season. And yeah, he's he's a thirty to forty goal, seventy seventy five point guy. Like that's what he is, right? And if you're relying on him to be your best player, then you're probably in a little bit of trouble. He's a good if you can have him as your third, as your third best point producer on your team then I, I think you're in a pretty good spot yeah I agree I think earlier in Tarasenko's career we were hoping you know he would tickle 90 but I think he is more of in that uh, 65 75 range yeah on a good season he might might get to like you know a point per game but yeah with a ton of shots power play goals and all that so he's, he's good to have for those reasons yeah and a decent amount of hits which is good I always like to get guys that have multiple category coverage, and um, Tarasenko checks all those boxes, so that's good. Right. And Okay, let's look at Linus Allmark. This may be um, a little bit more of a fantasy keeper league conversation. Yeah, if he's, I think he's a goalie that's going to be very good to own in future years. Not so much this year, but he's sort of tracking towards being the Sabres starter down the road. I think that's what they they have in store for him too. So he's a guy who's he's going to get in and he's probably going to you know put up some pretty good numbers in limited time. But while Carter Hutton is there, he doesn't have a ton of value. No, I well, I mean, I think like this year they may end up splitting a lot of the starts. <clears throat> Hutton's played very well, but again, we mentioned this earlier um, in earlier episodes. Hudden may not be able to have the stamina to be a full-time starting goalie. And I think that's fine with the Sabres, because if they can get Allmark in there half the time, they can really see what they have in him. And eventually, when Hudden's deal's up, which I think might be next year, um, uh, yeah, that's when they're going to make the switch, and Allmark will be the guy. Allmark looks great. He has the potential to be a starting goalie. And when Buffalo really hits full stride and he's their number one guy, 
he could be a solid, solid fantasy goalie. Exactly. But he's not there yet. He's not there yet. He did get into no, 30, 34. He had 34 starts last year, and he only yeah. had a nine point, uh, sorry, .905 save percentage. So, yeah. so it's definitely still, still improvements to be made. He looks great so far, though. Yeah, and I could see him improving on that number of 34 starts. I think he climbs into high 30s, maybe early 40s. Yeah, I agree. Okay, let's touch on a few guys quick. Let's look at Yossi. This was my yes. This was my preseason pick for the Norris. Oh, that's a good pick. I love Roman Yossi. Yeah. We, I, I, we, we both love Roman Yossi. What a player! Uh, he's just a a beast. He's like the captain of the Preds, and last night does it again. Goal and two assists. They win three two in overtime. Plays twenty eight minutes. Awesome player. Yeah, they're finally giving him that. Top elite defenseman respect over there in Nashville, and it's going to be something that the league takes notice of finally at the end of the year. Yeah, and he deserves it. Total man rocket, too. Oh, he's <laughs> just a stud. <laughs> okay, and the last guy, I don't think there's too much to say about Anthony Duclair. The Senators aren't very good, and there's going to be a few guys running hot and cold. Like at the end of the day, Duclair has four points. Yeah, just a good night on a light schedule for the NHL. Yeah. Okay, what else from this past week do you want to chat about? Yeah, it was a busy week. There's a lot that I want to talk about. A few other guys I want to mention that had good weeks. Bo Horvat waking up a bit with uh, six points in his last three games. He had the hat trick on Tuesday. He's looking great. Uh, Alex Barkov now has 12 points, all assists on the season. He had a four-assist night this past week. He's looking good. Uh, Thomas Shabbat. Nick Letty, uh, Alex Ovechkin, Jack Hughes were all guys who had very good nights. Uh, Letty I want to touch on as well because the Islanders, I was looking at this last night, the Islanders have a, like a weirdly low amount of power plays. They're not getting power plays. Only 15 power plays on the season in 10 games. The next lowest is the Rangers at 26, 11 more. So it's been kind of hard to check who's getting the power play time on the back end there. I've been checking pretty frequently, and the limited time that they do get, Devin Taves has been the guy getting the majority of the time. So he's a guy like whose ownership is low. Yeah, I've noticed the power play minutes, how they're being distributed amongst the defensemen in the, with the Islanders. And yeah, Taze is getting all that time. Like, you know what? He, the other day he played 15 minutes total, but he led the decor in power play time on ice. So yeah, they like having him back there. Seven points in 10 games, only 12% owned. And you can probably scoop him up. And you, if your league is fairly deep, he might have a pretty good season. Just the way they're treating him over there. Yeah, a very cheap defenseman to get, and um, there could be some production there. I don't think he's set in stone to that role because they still have you know Pollock and Letty there, but he's been getting it lately, so if I'm in a deep league and I need defenseman help, I'm absolutely picking up Devin Tays. Yeah. Letty had a great night, and it's funny, it's funny. One guy has a great night, and they're like, you go look at the waiver wire recent ads, and it's all Letty. And like Kempney, for example, had two goals the other night, and Kempney's getting picked up. It's just funny. Yeah, the way people because are. Like, they see they see the name pop up and they go pick them up. But that's why it's important to you know go on NHL.com, go look at the game stats, and see the time on ice. It shows power play time on ice. Those are things that they can really show you which direction a guy is trending. If he just had a big fluke night, 
Yeah, but the best thing to do would obviously be to watch the games. But yeah, you're not if you're not able to watch them all, like definitely use NHL.com as a tool. Yeah, you're not going to be able to watch every game, especially on a busy night. It's always nice if you can yeah. if you can have like Game Center going and and it it gives you the power play notifications and you can just flip through watch the power plays. That's always so important to watch for fantasy. Yeah, no, I find it funny. Some guy has a big some like no name guy has a big night and people rush to the waiver wire to pick him up. Whereas I see that, I'm like, oh, Kempney got two goals. Definitely not pick it up. Yeah, picking him up because that's it's right. Not we think the opposite way. Like, well, this guy's a career 35 point player, and he he already has 10 points. And I definitely don't want him. Yeah, exactly. There's another defenseman situation that I'm looking at, and that is with the Jets. Neil Pionk this week has gotten a lot of the power play minutes on defense. They actually made the change to. For Pionk to be that number one guy with Line, Wheeler, Shifley, and Connor, which is a great spot to be in. But then um, I was watching the game last night, and they needed a goal late in the game, and they actually put Morrissey back on that top unit, and Morrissey ended up scoring. So I think that's definitely a situation that Morrissey owners and Pionk owners need to look for. They should both be owned, I think, because anytime you can get exposure to those elite forwards, it's a good spot to be in. So I would definitely keep an eye out on that situation because those defensemen might see like equal time on that top power play depending on what they're looking for because one's a left shot defenseman, the other guy's a right hand yeah, defenseman. Yeah, agreed. Pionk is a guy that a lot of uh, managers have looked at. He is 42% owned, eight, 8 points. So he's, he's looked pretty good. Morrissey and Pionk are the top guys there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that I don't like Morrissey anymore. I'm just saying it's a situation that's going to change as the season goes on, depending what sort of look Paul Maurice is going after for that top power play. Yeah, I agree with that. And I was higher on Josh Morrissey earlier in the year. Uh, I still like him, but the value's taken a bit of a hit. Okay, another situation I think we need to talk about is what's going on in Colorado with that Rantanen injury and who they're using to replace some of those minutes. Yeah, we see we're looking at JT Comp for now, riding with Landis Cog and McKinnon. It was gonna be Burakovsky, we initially thought, and then it was Donskoy. So it's Comp for now. I don't put too much stock into having the guy there because he's yeah he's playing with great players you might disagree with me on this but there's so much uncertainty if they're constantly moving these guys in and out of the top spot or top power play that i i don't want to have to check that every game so what i don't know what do you think about that no i get it there's uncertainty but at the end of the day comfort's playing with mckinnon and landiscock at even strength and on the power play I think this is a more of a juice the orange situation where you ride with him until Rantanen comes back or it gets swish and then you cut, cut bait. bait. Yeah, exactly. So I'm more of the thinking that let's pick up JT Comfort now and ride with him until this ends. And then, yeah, like you said, you just you move on. That's all. Yeah, I would agree with you. Another guy in the abs we should touch on is Samuel Gerrard who's been picking up some power play time in Makar's spot. How do you like a guy like Gerard? Um, I think we're looking at a situation similar to what we mentioned in Winnipeg with uh, Pionk as a right shot defenseman and Morrissey as the left. We got Gerard as the left and we have Makar as the right. So 
Yeah, I, I think this is very interesting because Makar was very highly touted coming into the year after the big playoff he had. But this puts a little bit of a wrench in those Makar owners' plans. I don't I'm not saying I like Makar. Yeah, not like, that Makar has done much to lose his top spot there. He has ten points in eleven games and he's looked good. Yeah, exactly. He has looked good. So I'm not saying I don't like Makar anymore, because I still really do. I'm just saying that Gerard has now emerged himself as fantasy relevant on Colorado. So I think he's definitely a guy people should be looking at when they're looking at depth defenseman options. Yeah, I think Gerard can provide you some of that because he's getting time with, you know, McKinnon, Landeskog. And who knows what's going to happen when right. everyone comes back. But And Coach uh, Bednar loves Gerard like, defensively more than Makar, so he's he's trusting him. And you know that means that the odd time, when you love a player as a coach, you, you want to throw him out there a lot, right? Even, if, even on the power play, the odd time. So Let's get into Ryan Strom. Ryan Strom has six points in the last six games. He is playing with Panarin. Um, even strength, which is always a good spot to be in. So I'm looking at Ryan Strom right now, and I believe his ownership is very low. What is it at? Three, yeah, three percent owned. Yeah, exactly. So at three percent owned, Ryan Strom is a solid option that you can pick off the waiver wire. You know, provide you some offense. I don't expect it to last very long, and Strom really doesn't provide much. Like, he might get you points, but other than that, he doesn't really shoot. He doesn't hit, doesn't block. So, yeah, I think he's a good waiver wire pickup right now. What do you think, Anth? Yeah, I would I would consider him a good short-term ad, a good streamer. I'm not, not Nothing too crazy to be excited about there. He's a 30 to 40-point guy. Maybe tops 40 in a good situation. But, yeah, I, I would just look at him as a good short-term ad. I don't know. I think you might be selling him a little short. The Rangers have been looking for that second-line center, and I think for the time being, Strom may have solidified himself in that position. So as long as he's going to play with some of the Rangers' top players, I think there is value there. And who knows, maybe he can get up to 50 points like he did when he was playing on the Islanders. So I don't mind Strom at all, to be honest with you. I'm just not crazy about his category coverage, but I can live with it if he's going to put up consistent points. Like... He ended off the year very strong for the Rangers. I know because he helped me win the pool. So, so at 3% owned, I'll take him. I have a bunch of sell high, buy low guys here. I, I want to get into it a little bit because this is the time of the season that, you know, we're not too far in, but we are far in enough that managers start to get worried about their underachieving guy. And some will make a rash decision. A guy we were talking about the Preds, <clears throat> couple guys that I would sell high on, and I want to get your take on this because this might, well, this might be an iffy one. Ryan Ellis has 13 points in 11 games. What are your thoughts on a guy like Ellis? Yeah, perfect situation for this. I think I would like Ellis a lot more if he was on another team. You know what I mean? Because he's got Yossi in front of him and. And yeah, there are injuries now, so he might get a sniff on the top unit. But I don't think Ellis can sustain this at all. No, well, you have Forsberg and Duchesne out right now, and he's on the second unit. Wow, see, like, there you go. So 
Um, I think Ellis's points have been lucky to a certain extent. Like he had a stretch where he had eight assists in four games, four multi-assist games. It was so. So he's a good three, you know, three four defenseman. But I don't see him getting out of that range. Yeah, that thirty-five to forty-two point range. So if there's an option to sell him, I would be looking at that if I were an Ellis owner. Because he's not going to keep this up. No, no, no chance of sustaining it. He did have that year back in 16, 17 where he scored 16 times. So he can put the puck in the net. And he's 87% owned. So there are a lot of guys out there that really do like him. And like we said, he's not sustaining this. He is a guy that if I can get, uh, I don't know, a defenseman that's not really producing too much, maybe Subban, maybe OEL... I would look at that. I would. I really would look at that. Yeah, I agree with you there, hundred percent. Yeah. Speaking of buy low, there's a guy I'd, we would buy low on. Yeah, and an interesting note that came up this past week. I know Jersey only played once, but they actually took Subban off that top power play in replace of Sammy Vatnin. So short term boost to Vatnin, but I don't see that continuing on. I think Subban will eventually get on that top power play. He's just too good not to. I think now would be a perfect time to buy Subban because of that news and just because, you know, they're trying to spark that Jersey offense. So if this is how they're going to do it, this is how they're going to do it. But Subban will get there and is definitely a buy low candidate. Yeah, at some point, the the averages, everything sort of averages out. I like him on Jersey. It, It hasn't been great so far, but we're only nine games in and things turn on a dime. Like, it can be one game where Subban goes two goals, one assist, and then he's off and running. If you can get him low right now, do it. Yeah, yeah. And I do think that there is always a bit of a concern when a guy is on a new team. Like, we we both feel the same way when it comes to this. Yeah. Because you just don't know. Yeah, there's how, excitement too. Exactly, there's concern. Exactly. You don't know how a guy's going to fit in. So I think, yes, there is a little worry, but at the end of the day, Subban is too good to not be producing. Okay, back to the Preds. I know we're hammering them, but a couple more notes on them. Philip Forsberg is day-to-day again, and I love the player. I had to decide between keeping him and Jake Gensel coming into the year, and it was very close. I kept Gensel because I'm worried about Forsberg's health, and here he is again day-to-day. Love the player. Very frustrating when a guy's constantly missing three games here, four games there. Yeah, you know what? I think we can finally say that Forsberg is officially injury prone. Uh, Just for me anyway, I won't draft him ever again because I don't like injury prone guys. And that'll be the end of him for me, which is sad because, yeah, I was super high on Forsberg going into the year. He's just so productive when he's in the lineup. The problem is he can't stay there. So, no, good on you for taking Gensel over him. I know if it was me making the decision, I would have went Forsberg, and I would. I did. I asked your advice on that one too. Who would you keep, Mike? Between and you told me Forsberg, and I fully ignored you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know what? Good for you. Good for you, as you should have, I guess, because I was wrong on this one, and. Yep. Like we said, he's got the tag now, so not taking him. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And and look at when he's been in the lineup, what he's done. He he doesn't have a game yet 
where he didn't register a point. And only one of those games he didn't register a goal, too. So, yeah, he's an awesome player, but you don't want to deal with the injury problems. So, so my advice with Forsberg is, guys, if you have him stashed on your IR right now, as soon as he's healthy and producing, he's got to be producing for like a good week, say, like a few, three, four games before you can trade him. But I would trade him, and I would find a guy who's going to properly value what he does while he's playing because you can get a good return for him. Yeah, for sure. So productive. What about Duchesne? Is it, would you say the same thing about Duchesne, Mike? No, I wouldn't. I I like Duchesne a lot. And yeah, I know he's out right now with Forsberg, but that seems like a short-term thing. No, he's not injury-prone. No, he's not injury-prone. I mean, he hasn't played... I don't think he's played a full season in a little while, but he still doesn't have that tag for me. Yeah, sorry. I, I, I meant more of the sell-high line of thinking because Duchesne, great player. Another guy who just can't sustain like that that elite sort of production. See, you we're, we have a difference of opinion here on Duchesne because I think he could sustain this. I think he's got you know, he's have 11 points in 10 games. Right, but that's not elite. Like it's it's good. It's very good. It's very good. But I don't think he can sustain that. But okay. No, why not? No, Duchesne's a great player. But okay, this is this is this is good. This is a guy who sparks a lot of controversy because over his career, he hasn't ever had that massive year, right? He had 70 points in 71 games with Colorado. That's his career high. Well, he had 58 points in 50 games with Ottawa before he went to Columbus. Yeah, it fell off in Columbus a bit, but he was well over that point yeah. of game pace. Yeah, he did. Well, so I like Duchesne. I don't know right. why. And he ended up with 70, tying his career high, 70 and 73. So great player, but... You, that's what I mean by he can't take that step to becoming an elite player. So he's a guy, if if somebody values the name, like like they treat him as if he is that tier guy, I'd trade him to that guy, to that manager. Yeah, you'd be trading him right to me because I'm still in the position where I want Matthew Shane. I like him a lot. I just think he's I think he's happy there and he's respected in Nashville as like the go-to guy or one of them on a very short list. Yeah, I think he can get over 80 points and maybe he even can tickle 90. That's what I, I like him a lot over there. That's bold. Yeah, you think it's bold. I just think it's accurate. <laughs> okay, but I mean if you're going to sell high, I don't want to buy high. You know what I mean? Like I like Matt Duchesne. But I'm not going to go out and get him while he's really hot right now, while the price is this high. I will wait until it kind of cools. But, yeah, I like Duchesne. And if it, someone's going to give me market value for Duchesne, I'll go and get him. Yeah, no problem. But in Duchesne's place right now, we should talk about Cali Yarnprock. Guy's 2% owned and he's getting some time. He's got nine points already. He's getting time on that power play with Forsberg and Duchesne out. So good little short-term ad there, Noeth. Yep, nice cheap ad. Switching over to goalies, I want to talk about Miko Koskinen, who is 5-0-0 with a 236 goals against average and a 927 save percentage. Is this a guy you're selling high? Yeah, I would, but I don't know who's going to go out and get him. I think if I had Koskinen, I'm looking right at the Mike Smith owner. 
and I'm offering him a deal because you kind of want to cuff that if you have Mike Smith. So that's where I'm going with Koskinen, and I'm selling him to the Mike Smith guy. Yeah, it's because we don't know if the Oilers are this good like we've been saying, and I think there are takers because there's a lot of teams out there that need the goaltending help, and you can just say, hey, look at this guy's numbers. Like 5-0-0, great numbers. And it's funny because a lot of people ripped on Peter Shirelli as like his last bad move before he got canned. And nobody really expected Koskinen to start like this. But hey, there he is now. He's got value. So I would sort of put him in that same category as James Neal, where with Neal, when he had that four-goal game and he was leading the league in scoring, I was preaching to people, trade him now, right? And now that window's sort of closing on Neil because he's while he's still been pretty good, he is slowing down big time. And yeah, that window is closing. So I don't even know if you could really sell that high on Neil right now. So don't let the same thing happen with Koskinen. Yeah, I agree with you there. But while we're talking about buying low, selling high, a little tip when it comes to trading, though this is what I do is that I will look at the percentage owned of the guy that I'm trying to deal. And then I will look for a guy that's less percentage owned than the one I got. Because you you send that trade over and the guy looks at it and says, oh, wow, I'm getting a guy that's more percentage owned. So right off the bat, it's like, hey, I'm getting some value here. And I think I find that it helps me make some deals, especially when selling guys high because their percentage is inflated and you can get a guy that is lower percentage and you can get them for that price. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. A lot of it's like that for, that initial feeling you get when you look at a trade that's been sent to you. Exactly. And I'm pretty sure in Yahoo, when you get a trade, that's like one of the first things like on the stat line that they show is the percentage owned. Yeah. So that always helps. Yes, agree with you there. On the other end of the spectrum, Sergey Bobrovsky, would you buy low on Bob? Yeah, absolutely. I'd buy low on Bob. I'm just waiting for Bob to realize that he can't sunbathe on game days. But <laughs> um, yeah, I I think Bob will bounce back. He's too good. And I think he will snap into form here soon. Yeah, yeah Q must be pulling his hair out. And so same thing with Bob owners. He's just getting lit up every game. But no, I agree with you. He's going to figure it out if you can buy low on him. If you can find some plug who's going to do Koskinen for Bob, <laughs> I highly doubt it. Yeah, uh, no chance. Yeah, but, but look, for, look for those types of deals for sure. Yeah, absolutely. If you can do any, like Koskinen for just a starting goalie, it's worth it. Yes. Okay, I think we need to mention Evander Kane, who's been scorching hot since he's been back from his three-game suspension to start the Mr. year. Mr. Kane. Yeah, Kane is finally getting the position he's been looking for and been waiting for in San Jose. Yep. He's relied on to be a go-to guy. He's relied on to be a goal scorer in San Jose, and he's been producing. He looks good, and he's finally number one power play, getting a lot of ice time. So Kane is a guy that if I have him, I'm loving it because he's scoring and he provides everything. Yeah. Everything, like hits, shots, 
points, power play points now. Like he's a good producer all around the board. So yeah, I really like Evander Kane right now. Yeah, that's where his value is. It's he's not gonna gonna light the league on fire with points because his career high is fifty seven, which he almost topped last year. And he could top this year. He's going to get in that ballpark. But yeah, a, a great guy to own for the peripheral stats. Hits like a beast. 173 last year. That's that's huge for a forward. And uh, with a ton of shots too. Yeah, great guy to own. And I think he can actually beat his career totals. He's averaging a whole minute and a half more ice time. So yeah, with more opportunity can mean some more points for Evander Kane. And how much are you liking Quinn Hughes right now? I'm liking Quinn Hughes a lot. He was officially given the QB role on the power play in place of Edler. So I like him. He's going to provide you a lot of points. Might not get the peripheral stats that Edler would, which still makes Edler very valuable. This position might be one of those uh, ever-changing positions depending on how the power play is rolling along. But no, Quinn Hughes definitely has more value than Edler now. This year and in keeper formats for sure. Yeah, agree with you there. And before we get into the week ahead, there's two guys that I want to, and I think you agree with me on this, that I want to preach, do not lose hope on. One is Brady Kachuk. Yeah, a lot better than what he's shown so far. Right, we know his team is abysmal, but Brady's better than this, and you know the, the, the team relies on him, so... I think he's got a lot of points coming, and the peripheral stats will be there. So don't give up on, on Brady Kachuk. And we had some Jamie Benn stats recently brought to light. Jamie Benn is a player who has been frustrating us for a while now. But do you want to go into those stats, Mike? Yeah, of course. I actually got it right in front of me here. So this was from the Dallas News, I guess trying to give their boy a little bump in, in uh, confidence here. So... According to Natural Stat Trick, at 5-on-5, five five, Ben has had 26 scoring chances, which is tied for 14th in the league. He's had 15 high danger chances, tied for 2nd, and 2.49 expected goals, which is ninth this season. That is good enough to lead the Stars in all three categories. So, a bit of encouraging news for Ben owners. I know, Eth, you're... I know you've been preaching to hold on to him, so so definitely a good little note for bed owners right there. Exactly. And only one goal. So there's a turn coming in Dallas. I'm, I'm banking on it. I think it's going to happen. They're having a, so much trouble scoring, but when they finally break through, Sagan owners must be crazy frustrated too, only six points. It's then still getting a ton of ice time. Even Klingberg owners... I, I'm still see Mike. You said worry on all these guys last week. I said wait. I'm sticking with wait still, even though they had another bad week. Yeah, and you know what? I'm sticking with worry because here's the thing: you can find stats, especially the Dallas news. <laughs> you can find stats to tell any story. Let's be honest, okay? So while yeah, it is nice to hear. If you're a Ben owner, and it does sort of bring us some insight on what's going on with his game. And I should mention, I watched a bunch of Dallas games this week, and he has looked a little bit better. But I can easily find a stat out there that says, oh, the percentage of him keeping up these amount of scoring chances and high-pressure situations is very slim. So at the end of the day, 
I need points. I need production. And if I don't see it, I'm still worried about him. That's 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 that. Okay, okay. Fair enough. I want to talk about one more guy who I would buy low on is Matt Dumba. I, I did not expect him to have a slow start. Yeah, Minnesota's not good, but Dumba is a beast, and I think he's very close to making himself like a household name. And I, I still believe in him this year. Would you agree with me on that? Yeah, definitely. I'm not selling Dumba at all. I've watched a lot of Dumba lately, and he just seems like he's trying a little too hard out there. So I think as the team mm. starts to pick it up a little bit, uh, he gets a little bit more confidence in his game, I think he'll start to take off a little bit. So I'm not too worried about Dumba. Yeah, buy low on all three of those guys. That's my advice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so before we go further, I did want to ask you a question about guys who play shorthanded. Because some of the leagues, obviously, um, have shorthanded points as a category. So I want to know if you put yeah. any stock into a guy who plays shorthanded. I would say with um, it's more of a tiebreaker sort of thing because it's very hard to sort of predict. Like It's like shutouts, right? You can pick a good goalie, but he could only get you one or two shutouts on the year. So with if I see that a player has maybe say five shorthanded points each of the last two years and I'm comparing him with another guy with similar stats who I'm looking at, I'll, I'll give the edge to the guy who puts up those shorthanded points. But another, it's very hard to predict. Yes, I agree. It is very hard to predict. I think the reason that I look at it more is it's more than just the shorthanded points I'm looking for. Those are obviously a bonus. But if they play shorthanded, it means they are defensively responsible. So guys like, you know, Bergeron, I don't know, Kopitar, Tavares, the list goes on and on of guys who do play when they have the lead. And so, you know, you could get those extra empty net points that could potentially be the difference between winning and losing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just like you did with Vladi Nemesnikov against me in our Battle of the Bargains this week. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> okay, before we get into all of that, we got to give a big shout-out to our sponsors, GT Radio Tires. This podcast wouldn't be available to anyone if it wasn't for them. Get more out of every road, ride, and dollar. Locate your local GT Radio dealer and experience the performance. Okay, week ahead time. But first, Battle of the Bargains. As we record, it's Sunday morning, and Kerfoot, my pick, Alex Kerfoot, is done for the week. He put up two points, a goal, and an assist. And Nemesnikov, your pick, has two points with a game to play tonight. So if he gets a point, you will win the week. But I did did want to point out that that empty net assist, pretty cheap. Hey, a point is a point. It's fantasy hockey. Doesn't oh, matter. Empty net points. They, oh, hate them. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> okay, we should do a little bit of a recap of the guys that were picked and how it's looking. So far, well, we said me and you are tied 2-2. But at Peter Vicent, who put in his pick, he's got Kevin Hayes, who has five points this week. Looking like he's going to win. But we will put up a post, I think, probably Monday morning, just announcing the, the guy who won and then the next the next week's competition of Battle of the Bargains. 
So, no, good stuff there. Yeah, five points for Hayes. One of the top performers on the week in all of fantasy. So, solid pick. Solid pick by Pete. Yep, well done. Okay, let's look at the week ahead now. Not too heavy in terms of four-game schedules for some teams. What do you got in front of you? Yep, four gamers. Uh, it's it's a bit of a lighter week. Only two teams play four times next week, Calgary and Vancouver. And in terms of players from those teams that have low ownership, there's not too much to look at. You can look at a guy like Milan Lucic, who will provide you some hits. Ew. Hits a ton. Uh, Noah Hannafin on the back end who can get you a good source of hits and blocks. Um, then there's a few other guys. Mike Backlund who maybe can get you a couple points. Yeah, he might have a decent week. Yep, and Michael Furland and Tanner Pearson from the Canucks who could chip in on a couple stats for you as well. Yeah, nothing sexy about the guys on waivers for the four-game weeks, I'd say. Two gamers. We got Boston, L.A., the Islanders, the Rangers, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and the Golden Knights. And Ottawa only plays one time. So any of those teams you just heard, if you have a bunch of players from them, especially the Sens, look for, you should be looking for some help. It, also, if you have a lot of players from the Sens, just fold your team. <laughs> but, I mean, that does bring up the point about Brady Kachuk that we mentioned. Might be a good time to grab him. Yes. Yeah, that's a good good call. A little bit of a, an added incentive to trade him if you have him yeah there might be some frustrated owners ready to let go okay on heavy nights heavy nights this week a little bit of a change up from the norm thursday is a surprisingly quiet night i think only two games tuesday friday and saturday are busy which is weird like what's going on thursday night i i have no idea maybe maybe somebody out there knows you can tell us but we'd have no idea friday and saturday lots of back-to-backs so with all these back-to-backs, in your head-to-head leagues, we know the importance of a spot start if you really need it. Like maybe your your league counts saves and and wins, which they all do, or, or game started, right? Picking up a nice spot start could be the difference of uh, winning and losing your matchup. So with that said, here I, I went through the schedule and I picked out a few back-to-backs where the goalie, the backup goalie is very, has a very low ownership number and can potentially get a very nice start. So Buffalo plays back-to-back Friday, Saturday. They're at Washington the first night, but then they go home to play the Islanders. Hey, Linus Olmark, who we already talked about, he's 7% owned. And if he ends up getting that Saturday night game at home against the Islanders, there's a start that I would look at for some help late in the week. So it's the perfect time if you need it. Yeah, I agree with you there. And Allmark has, like we said, he's looked good. So that's a good spot start if you need it. Another one we can look at is Carolina. They play Detroit and Jersey, both at home, Friday, Saturday of this week. Reimer will get one of those starts and he's only 11% owned. Both those teams have not been good to start the year, so that's a great spot start for Reimer. Yep, that's a good one. Colorado goes back-to-back versus Dallas, or sorry, home to Dallas, and then in Arizona on the Saturday, that's Friday, Saturday. uh, Pavel Francouz, who is 13% owned, will be looking to bounce back from a bit of a rough start last night against the Ducks. 
uh, that's a pretty good pretty good uh, spot start to look at on a very good team in front of them. Yep, agree. Is it Fransos? Is that what they're doing? Yeah, I was watching the game last night, so I can confirm that it's Fransos. Oh, I've always read that Francoos. Yeah, me too. Oh, okay. Uh, another one, St. Louis has a back-to-back Friday-Saturday as well. Home to Columbus and then at Minnesota. Nobody's really afraid of Minnesota right now, but... That's why Allen makes for a decent start on the Saturday. Yeah, that's a nice one. And then Vancouver is the last one we have here. Vancouver is doing the Cali Swing. They're in Anaheim on Friday and then in San Jose on Saturday. Thatcher Demko's looked great so far. He's put up some good numbers, and he's only 9% owned, so he'll definitely get one of those two starts. Yeah. So, yeah, some, some good places to look there for a spot start. And with all these Friday, Saturday, back-to-back games this weekend, if you're in need of goaltending help, like don't concede those goalie stats. There's a ton of places to look, so get the help. Even if you have to pick up two of these guys and you know your league allows for it with the moves, that would be a solid way to maybe help turn around your, your matchup. Yeah, Ed, this is why we say it's very, it's very nice to have sort of a rotating spot on your roster for times like these when you need to pick up spot starts. And you have a guy like JT Comfort, for example, who's... You know, short-term guy providing some points, but a guy that you can drop if you need some spot starts. So that's always a good position to be in. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so with that, let's get into Battle of the Bargains, week three. Yes, let's do that. Um, Okay, so we touched on it a little bit earlier about sort of the standings right now. We're waiting for that to wrap up. Right. But let's get into. Do you want to just you want to get into your pick, or do you want to talk about a few guys you really like first? Oh, uh, there's a few guys I'm looking at. Okay. And then, yeah, you know what? I'll I'll mention a few guys I'm looking at, and then I'll make my pick. Okay. So, um, I like the way Jim Montgomery has been using Corey Perry, okay. and. So like we said, only two four gamers this week. I'm going to look elsewhere. I'm not crazy about any of the guys on Calgary and Vancouver. I like Corey Perry. Dallas is due. They're due for a, a big night, like a nice 5-6 goal game where the guys get points. I like Perry. Not sure if I'm going to go with him on my pick. I also like Jordan Stahl. Calgary, uh, Carolina sorry, has a pretty favorable schedule. So maybe, maybe Jordan Stahl is a guy you look at for a few games this week. And here's the guy I'll pick, Andreas Athanasiu. Wow. Who, yeah. Okay. He is only 17% owned and a measly two points on the year. Detroit is struggling big time. I think they've lost seven in a row, and they have not been able to score. I think they haven't put up more than two goals in any of those seven games. So struggling big time, and Athanasiu is... Still getting his ice time. His ice time has not dipped. He scored 30 goals last year. So they need this guy to get going. And I like their schedule. Yeah, that's where I'm going with my pick. Okay, fine. Let me give you guys a few options on streamers for the week. And then I will get into my pick. So these guys I'm about to mention probably won't be available in a super deep league. But I'm looking at the guys on St. Louis. There's David Perron, 41%, and Schwartz, 34%. They have a pretty good schedule, so I'm looking for a little bit of offense out of those guys, so don't mind either of them at all. Yep, that's good. Okay, a couple other guys I'm looking at. I like the Washington schedule. They are in Toronto Tuesday, 
Toronto hasn't looked very good defensively. I think they've allowed the most goals against so far to start the year. Mm-hmm. Then they are home to Buffalo. Buffalo's looked good, yes. Maybe they can get a few goals there. And then they have Calgary also at home. And Calgary will be flying in from another game the night before. I like Verana at 15%. And I like Lars Eller, who's had a nice start to the season, at 13%. Okay. Nashville, three home games this week. Chicago, Calgary, Rangers. None are back-to-back. There's Kyle Turris, 4%. And Yarn Kroc, who we mentioned before, 2%. You wondering where I'm going with this, Anth? I am. Can you get to it already? <laughs> okay. And then my pick will be from this team, Tampa. I think they're going to get it going. They have three road games this week, including a back-to-back. They're in New York all week. Rangers, Devils on a back-to-back, and then the Islanders. Travel's not bad. I'm not concerned about it. There's Tyler Johnson, 25% owned, getting a lot of minutes. Obviously not eligible for our game, but this is the guy who is. Andre Palat, 15% owned. I don't know. I got a little bit of a feeling about him. So that will be my pick. Okay. Athanasiu versus Palat. Yep. All right. And uh, I guess we're going to open it up to everyone else again. Yes, for sure. And okay, we mentioned that that uh, Red Wings jersey we're going to give away. Yes. Uh, we're, still, we're still giving it away. It's coming. Um, what are we going to do, Mike, when we, get, when we hit 1,000 uh, Instagram followers? Yes, let's wait till we hit a thousand. So, guys, if you're listening to this, or girls, I shouldn't just say guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you if you're listening to this, tell your friends, give us a follow. Let's get it to a thousand, and then we'll give away that jersey and the hat and the hat. Yes, jersey and a hat. Nice little giveaway. Yeah. Okay, guys, that's it for episode six. Good luck in your leagues this week, and we will chat next week. See you guys.